Let's go! It's the Golden Guys, and today we're talking college football. This is episode four of four, and we'll be giving our predictions for the Heisman Trophy and the college football playoff, as well as our national champion for the 2021 college football season. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, These episodes have been a lot of fun. Episodes one, two, and three, they're all up. And if you so, if you'd like to hear about the SEC, the Pac 12, non power five, independence, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC, that is all included in episode one, two, and three. Uh, you can you can find those on just about any of your podcasting apps. I believe the podcast is on all of them, um, or at least most of them now uh, should be. Uh, so, either way, you should be able to find them all. Uh, you should be able to find them uh, without any problems. All right, uh, make sure you also follow us at football.goldenguys on Twitter and Instagram and leave a review, rating, and subscribe to us on all of those podcast listening sites um, that you can, you know, find this these episodes on. Either way, Brad, how are you feeling today, man? Feeling good. Uh, good to get on, talk about sports, and uh, finish our last preview episode of the college football uh, world, which I really like to talk about. So, but not that I don't love NFL. I love NFL probably a little bit more than college football. But yeah, I'm looking forward to our last preview episode before we uh, move on to the pros. Now we're not saying we'll you know move away from college football together. Um, I don't know how much we will actually talk about it before the season actually begins. Um, but uh, we we may you know we may have a couple of things if there's some big stories come out or or you know just something uh, of the like. So we'll. But either way, we'll definitely talk about it when the season gets here. Uh, also, news of note here is uh, Brad. He will not be able to uh, – he'll be here next week on next week's episode. But uh, stay tuned because if you play a little fantasy football, I'm going to bring to you a mock draft um, that I actually – I feel confident to a degree on. You'll have to wait till that uh, episode. But I, I did a mock draft or not a mock draft, it's actually a draft for a league that I'm in. And so it's a it's an actual draft. And, um, you know, it's a super flex league. I think I might have waited a little too long on quarterback, but uh, we'll see how it shapes out. And also I want to hear y'all's opinions on it. But I, I'll be doing that next week, uh, just kind of giving you a mock, a, a fantasy football draft uh, super flexed on uh, kind of an idea of what your team might look like if you wait on quarterback uh granted i may have waited a little too long but we will see either way so it'll just be me next week but that's okay um you know uh that should be fun still no matter what either way brad all right let's jump into the first news of the day um or the first topic of the day and that is nfl related because julio jones formerly of the atlanta falcons has been traded to the tennessee titans Brad, I mean, obviously, as a Titans fan, I'm very elated. I'm very excited. Uh, when I saw that news yesterday morning, um, I, I, I was kind of expecting him to come to the Titans to be traded into Titans. But I, I mean, I'm I'm still shocked over it. I'm still excited about it, uh, and it's going to be really, really fun. And it's going to be great uh, to have Julio Jones on the team, Brad. You know, I mean, that offense last year for the Titans was really good. I mean, a very good offense. Uh, actually, stats-wise, they were, I think, top three, uh, I think number two, actually, uh, in the entire NFL um, as an offense. And, Brad, that's really good. Uh, I've seen this I've seen this team with, uh, with offenses that were ranked in the bottom 20s. So, uh, so to have an uh, offense that's number two, and then to go add Julio Jones, sure, you lost Corey Davis. And you lost Johnny Smith, but I mean, look, the, the addition of Johnny Smith definitely uh, helps with that. That's for sure. Or Julio Jones. I'm sorry. The addition of Julio Jones helps with that for sure. Um, so, you know, I believe Brad, I believe that this Titans team, uh, I believe they are Super Bowl contenders. Um, I thought that they were, I, I thought that they had a chance before this, but I was worried because I knew that there wasn't enough, there was not enough receiver help outside of A.J. Brown. Um, and, and so I was worried about that, Brad. But now with Julio Jones, if he can stay healthy, I actually don't expect him to play all year. I, I think that they may sit him a couple of games, um, especially maybe before the playoffs start. 
just to, you know, make sure he's good to go and healthy because he is older. He's 32 years old. I mean, you know, 32 is not old to, to you and I, Brad, and, and you know, in and, and outside life, outside of the sports world. But 32 inside the sports world is – that's getting on up there, you know. So, uh, especially when rookies are coming in at like 20, 21. So, I mean, it's – it's uh, uh, yeah, he's been in the league for a while. But either way, Brad, um, you, you know, come at me. You know, am I being a little homers by thinking that they're Super Bowl contenders? Or do you think they're Super Bowl contenders too? Yeah, no, I would agree. So I'm, I'm thinking they hear me all out. So before anybody reacts, just hear me all out. I do think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I do think there's a lot of question marks. I mean, does Julio come in? And I mean, I I think Josh Reynolds wasn't a bad ad in the offseason. Uh, you know, Ferk, uh, the guy you guys have at tight ends, Ferkinson, whatever his name is, uh, you know, he had flashes of, of, of good play last year. And so in saying all that, I mean, you lost your offensive corner. He actually goes to Atlanta Falcons, so it's kind of odd that uh, he goes to Atlanta Falcons and then gives you guys Leo Jones, whatever. Um, why did he go to Atlanta? But uh, but anyway, um, in saying that, I mean, I think there's some question. There's some questions. You know, does does this put the pressure on Ryan Tannehill? You know, you give him all that money. Uh, you know, is this now saying, hey, you, we gave you a good receiver? He's older. Um, he's not going to be the star of the team necessarily. He'll be a role player um if he's healthy um so does that put the pressure on him to say hey you're a super bowl or bust um but i would say i mean honestly the my question isn't offense for you guys i mean i agree with you you're in top three last year in offense i, th I think adding julio jones will keep you guys in top three if not make you number one but again i, th I think it's the defense i mean you're you're second to last maybe third to third to last um pass rush last year you, you did i mean there's some smaller people that you added uh, to your defense in the offseason, but I still don't think that's enough. I mean, Bud Dupree, look, and this is my piece. So I, there, there's a guy that works for me who is a Titans fan, okay? And he said, man, our defense is good. We added a few people. I said, yeah, but Bud Dupree wasn't Bud Dupree until T.J. Watt came along. And so when Bud Dupree had to be the the uh, the sole uh, propeteer as a linebacker, he didn't do too well. In fact, a lot of people had him as a bust two years ago before he had his breakout season two year, like uh, 2019. So I think a lot of that had to do with T.J. Watt. I mean, a lot of people had to start double-teaming T.J. Watt, so breaks up and allows Bud Dupree to get free. Um, so my thing is, it's not that I'm trying to be a hater because Bud Dupree left the Steelers. My thing is, I've seen Bud Dupree before he became Bud Dupree. And uh, another thing is he just towards ACL. So not only is the injury kind of scary on my end as for in regards to signing him, but at the same time, he's only had two, he's had two, a season and a half of good stats. And it's because he put opposite of TJ Watt. I don't, I don't think I can't, I mean, you're a Titans fan. I'm probably going to say this, you know, like, well, I can name off four people. I can't right now on who's playing opposite of Bud Dupree. And, and, and I'm not saying that they're not bad linebackers, uh, but my thing is as, as a Titans fan is, or I'm not as a Titans fan. If I, if I am a Titans fan is I'm not worried about the offense and, and it's great. You, you added Julio Jones, Super Bowl contender. I'd be worried about the defense and until you guys really fix that up. I, I don't know if I can have you guys winning the Super Bowl, but I do think you guys Super Bowl contenders going into this year. I think it adds a lot of pressure to Ryan Tannehill and it adds a lot of pressure to Mike Vabro. I mean, he's a defensive coach. Um, and now you have the best offense, and if your defense isn't going to shape up, does that put pressure on Mike Vrabel uh, to do better, to put, put him on a little bit on the hot seat, not necessarily right off the bat, but maybe in two years? So that's just that's just my opinion. I think that there is pressure on Ryan Tannehill to be, um, you know, I, I think that – well, I think that there is pressure on him because now he has – I mean, he has Julio Jones to throw to. He has A.J. Brown, who's – I mean, look, he was a pro bowler last year. I mean, he, you know, if that's not – uh, he's, he's a very good up and coming wide receiver. And then you have Derrick Henry. So yes, I mean, I think it is on Tannehill. I mean, can Tannehill, um, you know, most quarterbacks with those type of weapons should do well. A lot of quarterbacks without those type of weapons do, do well. So yeah, I think, I think a lot of pressure is on Tannehill. Now, granted, look, he, the last two seasons, he's, I mean, he's really shown out. And, uh, and he's been – now, a lot of people don't give him credit. I mean, I get that. I mean, a lot of people just don't. They, they don't give him the credit that he deserves. Um, is he an MVP candidate this year? I don't think so. I, I mean, sure, he's a candidate, of course. But is he – you know, is he a – you know, is he really up there? I mean, probably not. The odds, I think, actually have him in the top ten. But I, I just don't know if I see it. Could it happen? Sure. 
Um, but, you know, we just have to say about that. Um, but I think here's the thing. You know, you bring up the defense, and, yes, the defense is is where you have to be like, oh, are they really a Super Bowl contender? Can that defense be better? Look, they were 28th last year, Brad. Uh, they were 28th, and, I, I mean, surely they're going to be better than that. They added Buddy Dupree, who, I mean, look, as long as he can actually play all year, that's already better than Clowney. Um, if, you know, they added Danico Autry, who is very good at he, – he's very good at r- the stopping the run game. Now, I mean, he can rush the passer, but, you know, when you're it, – it's harder to rush the passer if you're, if you're coming from, your, from a down stance instead of, a, you know, instead of being up. Uh, and, and so, either way, I, I think Danico Autry is he's – a, he's a better uh, – he is a better – he is a upgraded version of Daquan Jones. Um, who was a very serviceable guy for us. Nobody really knows who he is, but still. Um, and, I mean, I know that there's guys out there, again, who, you know, they, they can put their hand in the dirt and still get to the quarterback like an Aaron Donald. But, look, yeah, Aaron Donald's also a freak. I mean, he, he's a uh, – there's no one like him. There is literally no one like him. Um, now, you got big Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, you got uh, – who's who's really coming along, who should should hopefully take another step this year, and that's – that's the whole Harold Landry contract year. He'll be on the other side of Bud Dupree. I mean, Harold Landry's never actually played with anybody good on the other side uh, for all season at least. So, Harold Landry, maybe. Maybe he's got something in the tank. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, look, the defense, they overhauled it. I mean, it was like almost a complete overhaul. I, I want to say six of the 11 starters, I believe, are are different this year than last year. And I don't know about you, Brad, but I think that's a big deal. Uh, and it could go either one, either way. It could go, hey, could the defense get worse because of that, or could it be better? Who knows? They added Janoris Jenkins, who, look, when he's when he's playing good, he's one of the better quarters in the league. But when he's not playing so good, he's older too. So it's kind of, I, I don't know. It, it, you know, the, if the rookies work out, maybe. But again, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because it's because we we need to leave it for the preview episode as well. But, yes, are, are the Titans a Super Bowl contender? I think they are, um, but it really depends on that defense, if that defense has improved. The offense, now that they've added Julio Jones, will be just fine. And granted, look, hey, if your offense can keep your defense off the field, I mean, that improves the defense too, right? So, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't have a stellar defense at all. Except for like they have what two pieces I think two or three pieces like a, like you know a Chris Jones a Frank Clark and a uh, and a Honey Badger that's pretty much all they have on defense really um, uh, maybe a couple of young pieces but it's just one of those things to where we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens so I, I do think that the Titans with the addition of Julio Jones I think they're the second best team in the AFC now um, I think that they are ahead of. I think they have leapfrogged the Buffalo Bills. Some people think they haven't, but I think they have. Um, but it's it's a, maybe that's a question. I don't know. I, I don't really see the fascination with the Buffalo Bills, but I, I mean, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. They they meet like week six on Monday Night Football, so we'll uh, maybe they'll settle the score there, but. Either way, yeah, I, I think the Titans could be Super Bowl contenders. Now, there is another point I want to talk about here, Brad. I want to talk about the fantasy football value of of a guy like Ryan Tannehill, for instance. I mean, if you're doing a redraft league, and now you know, for me, I love waiting on quarterbacks. I love making the rest of my team really, really good. Like the, I love making the rest of my. The rest of, you know, my running backs, my wide receiver, I love making them good, a tight end even. Um, but Ryan Tannehill, what does it do to his fantasy football value? Do you think it moves him up? I mean, look at Julio Jones. Does it move Julio Jones down because they're because this is a run-first offense? Or does this become a pass-first offense now? I mean, so does it hurt Derrick Henry? Um, basically, what I'm asking you, Brad, is does Tannehill move up or down for you? Does Julio move up or down? What about A.J. Brown? I mean, a lot of people thought he would be a very – he'd be like one of the most targeted wide receivers in the whole league this year. Um, and then what about Derrick Henry as well? So, well, what, what's your thoughts kind of on their fantasy value this year? Yeah, so, I mean, I think I think Ryan Tannehill's value is going to go up a little bit more. I mean, he's been, he's been producing, like you said, like 
I mean, he's not, I don't think he's known nationally because he plays for the Titans. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, there's not really a big fan base in, with Tennessee with the Titans. And, I mean, no one thinks the Tennessee Titans is a team worth kind of talking about. And I know that might sound like disrespect, Robert, and that's none towards you personally. I'm just talking about the Titans in general. Um, and so uh, he's been in the top, I think, five, I'm not mistaken, the last two years in, in, in uh, fantasy as a quarterback. Um, and so I think it's only, he's only going to get better. I mean – now, I mean, he did well with Corey, Corey, uh, uh, I'm flaking on his name for whatever reason, Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Corey Davis being on the opposite side of A.J. Brown, he still did good. And so, to have a premier pass catcher come in, uh, you know, I, I really think uh, this could definitely up Brian Hanhill even more on a coveted quarterback in the fantasy. Um, he's a healthy guy. You don't have to worry about too many. Uh, you know, is he going to play this game? Is he not going to play? And so, I mean, I think he'd be good, a really good fantasy ad. I think this will improve his value even more. Uh, people haven't recognized him as a good fantasy quarterback. A.J. Brown and Julio and even Derrick Henry, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't tell you, man, like A.J. Brown's still going to be a must add. I, I don't see why he would drop too much with Julio Jones being added. And the reason why I'm saying that is because, I, again, Julio's older. You mentioned that he's 32. He hasn't been as healthy. He might sit a few games. And so I don't see how that would really affect A.J. Brown's stock too much when it comes to fantasy. Uh, but Julio Jones, I don't, I'm not going to pick him up any earlier than I would any other draft because, again, I mean, you saw last year Calvin Ridley kind of taking over as the number one receiver in Atlanta. Um, he's still going to produce for you, but it's not the Julio Jones we saw, you know, four, even four years ago, five years ago. And so I don't know if his value goes up anymore, any less. Uh, Derrick Henry, I wouldn't, I do, I wouldn't sell him, um, and I say that because uh, why would you go away from a two thousand yard rusher, um, you know? And I think AJ Brown does so well because they go off a of play action so much. I mean, the the defenses know know what's going to happen, but they still can't stop AJ Brown the play action pass. Um, and so, yeah, I I think uh, to me, I, I don't know if it really affects them too much. You know, I, I think Ryan Tannehill's uh, value goes up a little bit more. I, I don't see Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, or A.J. Brown going really upward down in fantasy value going into the season. I, I mean, I think Ryan Tannehill will go up. I, I mean, I, I don't know if he I, – I, you know, does it move him ahead of guys like uh, – does it for sure move him ahead of guys like Baker Mayfield, uh, maybe even Matthew Stafford? I think so. I mean, I now you know I'm big on Matthew Stafford this year, though, but that is what it is. Um, does it move him ahead of a guy like Carson Wentz? I mean, who who is expected to have a big year or bounce back year with the Colts? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, here's my thing, too, is, um, you know, you bring out the play-action pass. Uh, I know that there's one there's one play-action pass that uh, it's a slant route. Uh, both outside receivers, they, the, they cut up and go and they cut up. They cut up and they slant to the inside. Uh, Julio, he'll be running the outside slant. Uh, AJ runs the inside. If it works, if it works, AJ Brown is, uh, he's usually gone with that play, but it is what it is. So uh, here's my thing though. I, I think, uh, there, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Is Julio, I think Julio is a wide receiver too in a redraft league. Um, I think AJ, I think he's a fringe wide receiver one still. Uh, I think Derrick Henry, he's obviously an RB1. I mean, I don't think this team's going to get away from the run game. Um, but could they get away from it some more because of the added game in the season? It's going to be really interesting to watch. I, I think um, trying to sound as unbiased as possible, I think the Titans are one of the are one of the better teams to watch um, this coming up year, not only from maybe even a fantasy football value, um, but also just from a team value altogether. And it uh, should be a really good year for the Titans. should be a good year for uh, – should, yeah, I mean, it should be a good year for a lot of exciting games. Either way, so that's enough about my Titans. We've talked about them more than most mainstream media does. Um, but that's because, well, they, you know, most of them probably haven't watched a full Titans game if it's not the playoffs, um, probably in years. So, I, I uh, but it is what it is. All right, Brad, let's talk about Alabama. I know a lot of people don't really care to hear about Alabama, which they're going to hear about them a little later, but that is what it is. Uh, they've extended head football coach Nick Saban's contract through 2028. Brad, he turned 70 in October. He'll be 77 at the end of his contract, or at the, at the end of this contract. 
Uh, I think he'll retire before that contract is up. But what's your thoughts on it? You know, him, him getting this contract extension through 2028. And then also, do you think that he uh, – do you think that he – you know, stays until that contract is up, or do you think he might be retires before before the end of that? Yeah, you know, I would like to sit here and say he probably retires, but when we talked about this a little bit before we uh, recorded the podcast, I mean, think of guys like Joe Paul, Bobby Bowden, Frank Beamer, a few others who are, you know, well-known, historically successful college football Mac Brown, even yeah, Mac Brown at UNC, but but Mac Brown's had a resurgence at US UNC, but you know like yeah, I mean I would like to sit here and say that he's going to retire before eighty, you know, but at the same time, I mean it's hard, it's hard. It's I mean, we if you listen to some of our former podcast episodes in Golden Point Sports talking to former athletes and whatnot, it's it's hard to walk away from the game. Um, they don't know what to do. I mean that's why you see Irvin Meyer keep coming back regardless of what his excuse is is that he misses a game. It, it's, it's adrenaline driven. It's uh, they, they don't know what to do besides coaching. And so, and I think Nick Saban is one of those guys. He, you literally, if you took away football, he probably was going to sit there with his twiddling his thumbs. Like, what do I do? I mean, do I keep making commercials for Affleck? I mean, that only goes so far, but what do I do? And so I'd be surprised. I mean, bar- barring health issues or whatever, I really don't see him retiring before his contract's up only because uh, even if he doesn't do too well, I mean, you see that even with programs on the flip side of things, beside on the other side of the coach, is why, who am I to let go of such a legendary coach for our program? Um, and so, so even if he does go six and six or five and seven to finish his last two years in that contract, they're not going to let him go because it's Nick Saban. And so, um, I'd be surprised. And like I said, just because of what goes into coaching and, and that mentality and coaches that are that as invested as Saban and others. They don't know what to do with their life besides coaching. And so, yes, they have family, but to them, football is everything, which is sad, but, you know, it's the reality. And so, uh, yeah, I don't see him retiring before the contract's up. Um, I agree. Uh, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's one of those things, too. I mean, he seems like he's got it. I don't want to say easy at Alabama, but he set himself up to, to succeed. So, I mean, um, he, you know – does he, you know, does he kind of? Um, we were just talking about Mike Shasisky, or well, Coach K, as I call him, because of, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, do, do we do we do we see him, you know, just kind of train someone else and and bring them up, and you know, he kind of gets to pick his own replacement. I think he will. Um, we'll see who that is, but I think he, I think that that's probably what's going to happen. Um, and so I think uh, maybe. Maybe it's extended through 2028, though, Brad, because that allows him to kind of go out when he wants to go out, you know? Mm-hmm. So instead of instead of people saying, oh, no, well, his contract's up and it's 2027, and people are like, well, his contract's up after next year, you know, is he going to retire? You know, instead he can be like, you know what? In, you know, in 2025 he gets to say, all right, well, 2026 is my last year. You know, like that's he, – he gets to decide that. And I think that that's probably the bigger thing here is he gets to go out on his own time without people pressuring him or um, or or trying to predict when he's going to go out. And I know that's what we're doing here is trying to predict when maybe he goes out. But either way, um, you know, we're going to talk about – we're going to talk about the, the college football playoffs in, in just a minute. But, I mean, Nick Saban, not in Alabama, would be uh, – well, that'd be kind of huge uh, for for some teams, uh, for for well, for for other teams looking to uh, make the college football playoff. I think now, granted, Alabama could still be just as strong without Satan, but we'll we'll see when that time comes uh, because it will come. We just don't know when. All right, Brad, let's go with our Heisman predictions here. Uh, both of us have three candidates that we think are um, are are the are the best candidates uh, that we believe for the, for the Heisman trophy. Uh, let's start with our number three and then we'll go to number two and then we'll go to number one. Sound like a plan. All right. So let's, uh, let's start with number three. Number three for me is Kendon Slovis of USC. You know, USC is my pick to win the South in the Pac-12, but I do have them losing to Oregon uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, I think not winning the Pac-12 actually hurts his Heisman chances. Um, 
even though he he should put up really good numbers. And he, uh, you know, look, I mean, you, you, USC, um, they're not all the way back yet, but uh, Kenan Slovis, um, he's, I think he's, uh, I think he's on track to help bring them back for sure. So, Brad, who's your number three? Yeah, so my number three is actually going to be Sam Howell. Um, I don't know if that's a surprise to some. Maybe it's not. I mean, the man was on fire last year, throwing uh, six or seven touchdowns in the game against Wake Forest. Um, he, even though he's lost, uh, he lost uh, – I uh, just had his name. Anyway, he lost his receiver. And then on top of that, he loses Javante Williams and Michael Carter to an NFL draft. You're thinking, man, he's not going to be able to return. Uh, Daz Williams was really good for him last year. Actually, he's coming in to the season with 17 receiving touchdowns. And I think it goes to show you, though, even though he has talent left for the NFL, I mean, he was still able to win games with his arm last year, with his feet, his arms. Uh, he's a good quarterback. They don't play Clemson on the schedule this year. His biggest test might be Miami at home or Notre Dame on the road. I would say Notre Dame on the road most likely, or maybe even Pittsburgh on the road later in the season. Uh, but, I mean, they have a favorable schedule. They don't have Clemson. Uh, I, I don't see why this should be an issue for him. I, I think, and I told you in the preview, in the ACC preview, they can go 11 and 1, 10 and 2. Uh, that's very possible for UNC in their schedule. Um, and, you know, his first year, he broke records with passing yards in the season and 38 passing touchdowns. And then that last year, he only had 28 touchdowns, but he threw for over 3,000 yards. I mean, he is a good quarterback. And he's, a lot of people are tapping him as the number one quarterback coming out of the NFL draft in 2022. A lot of people had the Steelers hoping to catch him if he comes out next year. Uh, so he's good. He's a good pro-ready quarterback that I think will benefit not playing Clemson and uh, has shown that he can win the game when the game is on his shoulders. So um, I know Heisman is, is always show as well. UNC isn't so showy. They have Mac Brown as a coach. You know, they have to – you know, Clemson's in the ACC. And so until something happens to Clemson, they're going to be constantly overshadowed by them. Um, so – Will he get enough attention uh, to be invited to New York? I don't know. But as of right now, he's going to be one of my guys going to New York City in December. I like that pick. I do. I, I, I probably have him as uh, probably a number four or five for me. But um, so, so top five still. Um, all right, my number two is JT Daniels. Uh, look, I, I think Georgia, they, they have a really good chance to be really, really good this year. Maybe even like college football playoff or national champion type good. Um, and look, that's going to be with JT Daniels leading the charge. Uh, you know, if Georgia, if they do well, uh, or as well as I think that they can, um, then I, in, then JT Daniels, then JT Daniels should also do, um, well enough to, to be on the Heisman watch, to be, to be a possible Heisman, uh, candidate. I, that's why I have him number two. Um, you know, I, I did not have Georgia winning the SEC, though, and I think that that's part of the reason why I also did not have uh, JT Daniels, uh, maybe even at number one. Um, but, I, you know, look, that, the guy at number one's pretty good, too. So, But either way, J, JT Daniels, he should have a pretty good year um, as long as Georgia does. You know, if Georgia has a letdown year, most likely means JT Daniels will, too. So, uh a lot of times, sometimes that's what matters in the Heisman, uh, in the Heisman voting or whatnot, in the Heisman uh, uh, race. But you know, sometimes we we see guys who win the Heisman who are on teams that I'm not saying are bad, but they're on teams that aren't um, what as as competitive, I guess, as you would think a Heisman winning quarterback or player would be on. So, uh, but either way, yeah. So JT Daniels is my number two. Brad, who's your number two? Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on this one. And saying that, you might be like, well, why – the guy that I'm going to name, he's not even my top three, but he was pretty close. You know, when this guy came out in 2019, he was tied uh, – he actually co-shared the award of national Gatorade National Player of the Year with DJ Yuga Lely, or however you say his name. Uh, he won the National Player of the Year, uh, number one dual-threat recruit coming out of California, uh, coming out of the country. Um, that's Bryce Young. And that he plays Alabama. Look – and this is the same thing with Clemson. Like, this is why I almost put a DJ in there because, uh, you know, when you play for these top blue-collar teams, you're going to be in the Heisman regardless of maybe where you – maybe the lack of play that you've shown up to this point. Uh, but with the prestige the prestige of the program and how you came into the program really plays a lot into this. Look, I know Alabama lost Steve Sarkeesian to 
to Texas, but Bill O'Brien comes in. I remember when he took over Penn State, he was a guy who took over Penn State after Joe Pa was fired. And so had a big task to take over. Uh, you know, they weren't amazing. Uh, he was Big Ten Coach of the Year, uh, but he did, hasn't had since 2012. He's had one player go under 3,000 yards, and that was Christian Hackenberg. Uh, who went? He threw for two thousand nine hundred and fifty-five yards. So, in saying that, like he had one player, but it was pretty close to three thousand yards. Uh, so, I mean, he's had players throw for over three thousand yards per season. Uh, I don't see why going coming into this, like, yes, he runs a different offense, but he knows what he's doing. He might have sucked it up for Texans and destroyed them and made them the worst uh, franchise in the NFL uh, draft position. Everything. I mean, he might have really screwed them up, but I think he's going to come in and be an, a good offensive coordinator for Alabama. I mean, they lose a lot of players, but that's the thing with Alabama. Again, with the blue collars, you lose one player, like, it's all right. So we got we got three other five stars backing them up. And so, you know, Mechie uh, played a little bit for them at wide receiver with Jalen Waddle being hurt a little bit last year. But uh, you got you got the Mechie kid. You got Slade Bolden, Xavier Williams, Siobhan Baker. You got freshman Ajayi Hall, which I don't know if you've seen pictures or how he's played some video. That, that, that He's like a Kyle Pitts at Alabama, pretty much. He's a freak of nature. He can play the wide receiver tight end. He's going to be a beast for them. Uh, and then they have good running backs. So the, the biggest question for Alabama going into the 2021 season and for Bryce Young is how well is that offensive line going to, to act now? They only keep one guy, and he's a monster. Um, and let me just check his name because I was looking at him earlier. He's, a, he's huge. Um, it, and it is uh, – let's see, what is his name? Uh, Neil, Neil, uh, Evan Neil. So he's six, six, seven, 370 pounds. I mean, he's huge. He played right tackle. He's moving over to left tackle where Leatherwood left. So he has four, there's four other positions that are kind of in question there, but Doug Marone comes in. Look, when Doug Marone isn't coaching Jacksonville Jaguars, he's been a great offensive line coach. And so, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to be different. You know, how is the offensive line going to counteract with a mobile quarterback, someone that's non-traditional in the Alabama offense, but I think Doug Marone there, it's good. It's going to, you know, maybe settle some of those some of those nerves and they'll be able to perform well. So, yeah, Bryce Johnson, I mean, he has a tough schedule. Uh, you know, they do play uh, at Miami to start off the season. They play a really strong powerhouse in Mercer uh, in Southern Miss. Uh, but then they're on the road against Florida. Uh, they play Ole Miss at home. They play Texas A&M on the road. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, they play Auburn on the road this year in the Iron Bowl. Uh, so he's going to have a tough schedule, but I think – I think Alabama, until Saban leaves, is probably always going to have a good offense. Even though Saban's a good defensive coach, he knows how to recruit coaches well and make sure that wherever his weaknesses are, they feel in well for him. They don't make him look bad. So, uh, yeah, I think Bryce Young is going to be in the conversation until the end of the year. Brad, I don't know if there's a college out there besides Alabama that has so much former NFL coaches on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Especially head coaches. I mean, you got Saban, you have you have Bill O'Brien, you got Doug Marone. Um, I think that there was there was uh, talks that uh, that what's his name? Um, uh, what is his name? Um, from the Jets? From the Jets? Uh, uh, he just, yeah, Adam Gase. I know there was some like talks about Adam Gase possibly. Either way, there is former NFL head coaches that are coming in just to take over the offensive line duties. Uh, like Doug Marone, so uh, that's that's crazy. Uh, anyways, they're a powerhouse down in Alabama, um, that's for sure. All right, number one, Spencer Rattler. That's who I have at number one. I have a feeling that we're probably uh, we probably both have him there. Uh, look, Spencer Rattler. Um, he's he's very he's experienced now. Uh, you know he he sat behind he sat behind Jalen Hurts. Uh, did he? I want to say the only sat behind Jalen Hurts. I don't think he sat behind Kyler Murray either, did he? I believe he only sat behind uh, Jalen Hurts. But either way, uh, he bought he 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 sat behind Jalen Hurts. He he waited his time to play. He's played. He's he's an experienced quarterback now. Um, a lot of people have him going as the number one quarterback off the board in the NFL draft in 2022, uh, and it's very possible. Um, you know, I think Oklahoma's schedule, um, I think, I mean, obviously that helps him be able to do really, really well. Uh, he's a very talented kid. Um, but he's going to have high scoring games. So that's lots of points scored and yards gained. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, Spencer Rattler, I, he's my choice for the 2021, uh, Heisman award. And I, Brad, barring injury, I don't know if there's anyone else 
close enough uh, to, to beat him there. And I, I think that we both brought up really good candidates um, besides him. But I I just don't know. I, I mean, because it's already it, – I think the Heisman is sometimes about two things, Brad. It's about the hype that you've already gotten before you actually get the Heisman. And then it's also about – about how well your team does. And I don't know if I see Oklahoma losing at all this year before the college football playoffs. So, um, yeah, so Spencer Rattler, my uh, my choice for the 2021 Heisman Award. Brad, who's number one and uh, your choice for the uh, Heisman Award? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious here. And, and you kind of – you've already mentioned his name, gone in detail, so I'll go keep it – I'll try to keep it short. I'm going to go to Spencer Rattler. Like you said, their, their schedule is pretty easy. I mean, I think their toughest their toughest game is going to be against Iowa State. Like Spencer Rattler got benched last year in the second quarter and came back and threw four touchdowns with the game winning touchdown at the end of the game. And I can't remember who it was against, but uh, I just right, look, point, so you 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 bring that up. There's adversity right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, he's got a chip on his shoulder because of because of getting pulled. I mean, I I, I think that that's adversity, and that only pushes a player even harder. But sorry about that. Go ahead. No, you're good. I would say the biggest thing that would help him, honestly, is that his offensive line is probably the best in the country. Uh, that'll help him as he moves around. The, he's he's very mobile, uh, so I think that'll help him out a lot. But yeah, I mean, I, there's no point in me keeping on. on. I, I think he has a, a very friendly schedule, very friendly conference for him to to go in there and take the Heisman. I agree. I agree. All right, Brad. Speaking of uh, friendly schedules, speaking of uh, Oklahoma, speaking of. Uh, of of things beyond the Heisman, and it's the college football playoff. Brad, let's go through and let's name our four teams that we think are going to be in the college football playoff, and then we'll name our uh, name our, of course, winners between those matchups, and then our college football 2021 national champion. Brad, at number four, I have the Clemson Tigers. Uh, I think that they could go undefeated in the ACC. Uh, I think even if they even if they don't lose one game, I think they'll still win the ACC, and I think that they'll still be able to get the fourth spot. Um, maybe maybe off of pure um, just name altogether. I mean, people are people are now used to seeing Clemson in the college football playoffs. So uh, so you know, even just losing one game, I don't know if that gets Clemson out of the college football playoff or not. And, and so either way, um, so I think even if they slip up, I think they'll get there. Uh, their schedule also, Brad. I look. I think ACC. I mean, I don't know. I I, I think ACC out of the Power Five. I think they're the fourth, um, fourth easiest conference um, because it's really Clemson. I mean, North Carolina should be good this year. Miami, maybe. I mean, you got Notre Dame, who they're not in the ACC, but they're, you know, they play an ACC schedule pretty much. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Clemson number four. Clemson Tigers at number four for me. Yeah, I'm actually uh, going to surprise you here. I'm going to go with UNC, okay? So they don't play Clemson during the regular season. And I told you, if you listen to the ACC preview, that I'm pretty sure I remember I picked Clemson until they proved me otherwise. And I do, but uh, I think Clemson goes in against North Carolina. They, they might lose one game to Notre Dame, potentially. I think they'll come in and play Clemson and, and Charlotte and come out with a really, really close victory. Uh, with Clemson being undefeated, and that pushes UNC into the fourth spot and into the college football playoff. Very interesting there. North Carolina. Hey, Brad, I'd actually – I wouldn't mind seeing it. I mean, I don't mind seeing new teams in there. And North Carolina, not known for being football school, but, hey, thank you, Matt Brown, for for kind of turning that program around for sure. All right, number three for me is the Oklahoma Sooners, Brad. Um, I think that there's a chance that they could that they could also lose at least one game. Um, but uh, and honestly, if they if they lose one game, that's probably all they all she wrote for the Big Twelve, depending on who they lose to. Uh, you know, like an Iowa State. You know, if they lose to an Iowa State, um, maybe Iowa State going undefeated. I, I don't. Either way, uh, yeah, Oklahoma. Uh, I have them at number three. Um, I don't really have them losing in a game, though, until the college football playoff. Uh, and I'd honestly venture to say they have a harder schedule than Clemson. Uh, and so, yeah, so Oklahoma, I have them at number three in the college football playoff. All right, you ready for mine? Uh, I think well, I don't know. People, people <laughs> might be listening to this think I'm drunk. All right, so we're going to do this. 
Um, I'm also uh, at church right now recording, so I can't be drunk, nor do I drink anyway. But anyway, I digress. Um, my number three pick is actually going to be Iowa State. Uh, so I think Iowa State loses at Norman on November 20th, and then they go into the Big 12 Championship and beat Oklahoma pretty convincingly. And I think because of that, I think they move into the three spot over Oklahoma. I think Spencer Rattler still gets the Heisman, but over Oklahoma – and moves into that three spot, taking on, uh, well, number two here in a second. I'll tell you who that is. Okay. Okay. All right, Brad, North Carolina, Iowa State. I mean, uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for number two or number one from you at the moment. It could, it could, uh, it could be the Michigan Wolverines and the Tennessee Volunteers for all I know. Uh, I won't but, be Tennessee, don't worry about it. Oh, uh, well, hey, that means the door's open for Michigan, which, all right, then. Either way, number two for me is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, look, Ohio State, I think they cruise through the Big Ten. Uh, they go undefeated, and then I think they face the best offensive team uh, they'll face all year in Oklahoma. Uh, I think that that should be a really good battle. So, uh, Brad, look, I, I'm kind of going with the obvious picks here, and I'm a little afraid to hear what your picks are. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep it simple here. You won't think I'm drunk when you hear these two. Uh, I'm going to pick Ohio State here. I wanted to, I was thinking about Penn State maybe. I don't see Penn State staying in position good enough to get into the two seed, uh, even if they beat Ohio State in Columbus, which would be hard to do. Uh, but, yeah, I have Ohio State here. I think as long as Ryan Day is the coach there, uh, their offense is going to be unstoppable. Uh, and their biggest threat might be Northwestern, maybe Wisconsin, Big Ten Championship. Uh, but I'll, I'll go Ohio State here with the number two seed. I mean – you pick Penn State, and I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying Penn State is bad, but because uh, hey, they are out. they are a good team. But they have a better chance in Tennessee. I'll say that. Well, well, that's true. And if Tennessee was in the Big Ten, they'd have a better chance too. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, number one for me is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, you know, I was tempted to make out Georgia beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. I just could not do that, though. Uh, look, when I look at schedules, um, I, I can't help but think Alabama has the hardest of all the ones in the uh, college football playoff that I've named. And so, rightfully, I think that they are the number one seed. Um, they have a very hard schedule, though, Brad. And honestly, I would not be surprised if they slipped up and lost a game or maybe even two. Um, and that second might be the ACC championship. But I mean, Texas A&M should be really good this year. Um, you know, like, yeah, like you said earlier, they play at Auburn in the Iron Bowl. And, I mean, they've had some crazy Iron Bowls, that's for sure. Um, you know, don't think that Ole Miss could be a surprise. Uh, um, I mean, Lane Kiffin, uh, he's, he's a wild card, that's for sure. Now, granted, I have Alabama winning all those games in reality, but um, I'd like to hit all the, all the barriers and say, hey, yeah, of course there's a chance. Of course. So, uh, but, yeah, Alabama at number one for me in the college football playoff. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit down to earth here, too, and not get too crazy. I want to pick Alabama as well. Look, I mean, Bryce Young, I think, is going to turn around and blow that offense even bigger than Tua and Mac Jones did, if not this year, next year. Uh, I don't see Miami being a threat. Uh, it might You might see them start off slow. I mean, Bryce Young hasn't started a full game. Uh, you might see them start off slow there, but I don't see them losing it. When they might lose at Southern Miss, I know they're a powerhouse in the uh, Conference USA. I'm a little worried there, but uh, but in all reality, though, uh, I think I think their their biggest challenges are going to be Texas A&M at College Station. Um, you know, it's just a, that's a fun place to play, but it's also as a visitor a hard place to play. Um, and I know we have questions there who the quarterback is going to be for Jimbo Fisher, um, but that could be a, a hiccup potentially. The only other hiccup I see, and I, I don't want to sound like a like a like a repeating like a a record on on repeat, but is is probably Auburn. The Iron Bowl, I mean, it's a rivalry game. You never know what's going to happen in a rivalry game, especially when the other team isn't as bad as maybe Tennessee. Uh, but, you know, they, uh, they it, it might be a, a hard game for them uh, against Auburn. I mean, we don't know what Bo Nix is going to be. He'll be a wild card this year. Bryce Haskins could be a, a wild card right here. I mean, they're play at, they play at the Swamp September 18th. I mean, Emory Jones is getting some looks as Heisman potentially. I don't think he's there, and at least not yet. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think they have – their challenges are probably going to be uh, – probably the first game in Miami, I think they'll start off a little slow there, especially with Bryson getting his first real start. Uh, I think they'll have a challenge at the Swamp, but I think they'll win that one. 
I think their biggest challenge is A&M or Auburn, honestly, on the road. Um, don't see them having any trouble with New Mexico State on November 13th. So, I like it, Brad. I like it. Um, all right, Brad. Let's give our college football national championship game and then our national champion. All right. For me, <laughs> excuse me, I actually have number one Alabama beating number four Clemson. Um, I think I think Alabama I think Alabama has a better has a better reset than Clemson. Oh, hold, on, hold on. When Bama and Clemson play, don't the Ozone one four two three play? And the, and I, the, I have I have a Clemson at number four and Alabama at number one. Yeah, but when they play in the first the first round of the college football. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, so so them right. two would play, uh, and then I have Alabama beating Clemson because I feel like Bama will be more reset ready. Uh, because I mean, look, Clemson. I mean, they lost Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they lost Amari Rogers. Uh, uh, but I mean, you know, going to a new quarterback, I think can be a can be an issue. Now, granted, um, DJ, uh, oh, yeah, DJO, he, uh, he, he's had a little more experience than what Bryce Young has had. So that, you know, who knows? That could, that could play a factor. Um, all right. And then, so I have Alabama beating number four, Clemson. Yeah. No, I get you. So I want to tell you my one and four real quick uh, before you move on to your two, three. I'm actually going to have Bama play UNC. Uh, one four matchup. I think it's going to be a tougher game for Bama than what people think. I think if UNC really does make it with their offensive weapons with Sam Howe, uh, you know, I think they're going to struggle, but I think Bama's going to squeak it out against UNC in a surprisingly close matchup in that one four for my one four. Interesting. I mean, look, UNC being uh, just in the playoff is kind of surprising to me. So being a close matchup would also be surprising, uh, but it is what it is. All right. Number three, Oklahoma. Uh, versus number two, Ohio State. Um, you know, I'm going to give the edge to Spencer Rattler and the Oklahoma Sooners. I think that they finally win a game in the college football playoff, and I think that they do. I think they outduel uh, Ohio State. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it'll be a really fun game. Actually, I think it'll be a better game than Alabama and Clemson. Uh, it seems like we have Alabama versus Clemson like every year, though. So it's uh, it's either Alabama versus Clemson or Ohio State versus Clemson, right? So I mean, or Ohio State versus Alabama. We see that. We see some form of that every year, pretty much. Um, but I think uh, Oklahoma beats Ohio State. We get Oklahoma versus Alabama in the national championship game. And Brad, give me your national championship game before I, I get my winner. Yeah, so uh, let's go back to being crazy, right? The drunk, the drunk Brad. So uh, I'm going to have Ohio State play uh, number three, Iowa State, in the uh, college football playoff. And I, too, have Ohio State losing to Iowa State. I just I, – I like I like Matt Campbell. I think he's a really, really good coach. And I'm, I like that he also stayed there and he's building a program there. And so I have Iowa State being Ohio State. And I don't think it's going to be that close of a game in order for them to play Alabama in the national championship. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I like it though. I, I, I mean, you know, both of us, you're probably more of an Ohio state, uh, I guess, hater than I am. Um, but I like seeing new teams in the, I like seeing new teams in the college football playoff, but I also like seeing new teams in the national championship game. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you. I mean, and that's why, that's why I picked these teams. It's not because I, and it's not like I'm just trying to toss things in to be different. I really do think these two programs, Iowa State and UNC, have a shot to make the college football playoff. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm just really – I saw Iowa State play in person two years ago against Jalen Hurt in Norman. Uh, and they – we left when they were down by 21. And they uh, – they, they, we were leaving the, the, the stadium and going down the street. And a couple of tailgaters were freaking out because Iowa State pulled within two uh, and, and missed the two-point – or pulled within one and missed the two-point conversion to lose the game. So – I mean, I think Matt Campbell, Matt. I mean, Brock Purdy's still there. Matt Campbell's a great coach. I don't see why they couldn't beat they couldn't beat Oklahoma uh, and go into the college football playoff. I, yeah, no, I agree. I, and again, like I said, I like seeing I like seeing the newer teams in there for sure. All right, so I got Alabama versus Oklahoma in the college football national championship game for 2021, and I'm going to take 
the Alabama Crimson Tide, Brad. Um, I I think Oklahoma, look, don't get me wrong. I think Oklahoma can give them a good run for their money. But uh, I think Alabama, I think that they finally, uh, they shut Oklahoma down probably in the fourth quarter, maybe before. And uh, I think that Oklahoma, um, I, I just don't know. If Oklahoma's defense has really improved, maybe it's a better game. But, uh, but yeah, I got Alabama winning it here, Brad. Uh, but I think it'll be a close game. I, I don't think Alabama will win by more than two scores. But, hey, two scores could either be uh, nine points or 16. So, take it with what you will. Yeah, I actually, uh, as much as I, um, I'm all about Iowa State and UNC, I think Bama, I mean, they they have the toughest schedule. And I think by this point, Bryce Young is in full throttle, ready to go. Bryce O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, not Bryce O'Brien, Bill O'Brien's offense is, is in full throttle, ready to go. And so, yeah, so I think – that uh, Bama comes in and runs uh, ruins Iowa State's magical run. Uh, Matt Campbell uh, probably teeter totters with whether or not he wants to leave Iowa State after what what a magical run they had. Uh, but I think Bama beats them by three touchdowns in the national championship, and it's kind of boring actually, so, despite what happened in the first two uh, games of the college football playoff. Interesting, interesting. Um, you know, I think uh, this year out of any year, Alabama. You know, a lot of I know a lot of people say, "Oh, well, Alabama they they have this cupcake schedule, yada yada yada." I mean, this year I think is one of the years where you can't say that um, because they have a, they do have a tough schedule this year, um, a tougher schedule than usual. So, uh, but either way, all right, Brad, that was our four episodes on the 2021 College Football Playoff preview. Again, if you have not listened to episode one, two, and three please go back and do so. And we kind of go more in depth with each of these teams and why we have them where we have them, why we have them winning what they are winning, you know, the whole shebang. All right. But without further ado, for Brad and I, thank you all for listening. And as always, stay golden.